episode of Press YYZ. We're the only Canadian gaming podcast that you can catch live on Twitch every Wednesday at 8 p.m. EST, as well as on podcast services and YouTube every Thursday. My name is Alexander Kazina, and I am joined once again by the one, the only, head of HR, Nathan McInerney. I'm back! Hell yeah, you are back. How was your trip abroad? Um... It was not a, okay, so vacation with kids very quickly becomes not a vacation, but just mm. an exercise in frustration. Mm. So I'm back from my frustration. Yeah, I, I can sympathize. There, there have been many uh, instances in the past, well, I should say prior to two years ago, where I remember thinking wistfully, oh man, I'm really looking forward to this family vacation I'm going on with my mom, dad, and sister. And very quickly, yeah, it, it turns into an exercise in patience and occasionally frustration. Um, but you you kind of got to love it on a certain level, right? Right? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Uh uh, there, there were definitely good moments, but near the end of the week, I was pulling my hair out, especially when so we were in Vancouver and our flight got delayed um, from five o'clock to eight o'clock, which means mm. we didn't get back into Hamilton until four, four o'clock in the morning. And mm. we still had an hour drive home. So we had a long travel day uh, that last day and it messed everybody's sleep up. It was a decent vacation. We saw a lot of things talked about in my streams. Uh, we don't have to relitigate that. Um, if you do want to see it, uh, jump into my streams, but uh, yeah, yep. twitch.tv slash V underscore N Mac. Yes. Please give me a follow. If you can do appreciate it. I'm trying to get to 50, uh, 50 followers. I'm doubled since I started um really focusing on that i've been streaming every night and i've even tried to create cool stuff so uh i do appreciate it anyway sorry I, I i'm trying not to plug too much my apologies hey it's not a problem this is the whole point of the show right come on here yeah. plug your stuff have a good time uh and speaking of which uh tonight uh we are joined once again by a very special guest uh the best kept secret of san antonio texas he's an incredible musician and songwriter with a love for metal and hard rock his works have been featured on podcasts such as the comedy button as well as the very sure show that you're listening to right now. I really was hoping not to mess up my introduction midway through, but alas. Uh, I am, of course, talking about the one, the only, Thomas Rakowitz. Howdy. Howdy, everyone. Uh, this Hello. is great to be here. Um, Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It, uh, it's interesting to be called the best kept secret because I feel like it's not, it's the best kept secret because it's, it's pretty easy to keep the secret because nobody knows. So it's all good. But no, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you for coming on, and thank you, uh, as we already uh, discussed a moment ago, for helping compose our theme song. It was uh, a little over a year ago that I reached out to you on Twitter DMs and was like, hey, you know, I know you from your work that you've done on the Comedy Button in the past. You seem like a real cool guy. Do you want to take a stab at PressYZ's theme song, which you hear at the beginning of each episode before we properly go live. Uh, and yeah, it took, a, you know, a little bit of experimentation to find the exact sound that we were looking for. But I think the end results speak for themselves. Yeah, I will. I will say uh, y'all have been some of the most specific uh, customers. That's not a bad thing or clients, I guess <laughs> I should say. Um, 
but also it actually helped and was very interesting and fun to do because um normally whenever i get a commission it's just like people just kind of intrinsically trust me which is which is cool it feels good to do that but having people that know exactly what they want and will not um settle for less than that also was like cool this kind of pushed me a little bit and uh, it was a really fun uh theme song to make especially with the time constriction that was probably the killer part for me was i just was like yeah but i can make the song go like two more minutes but you're like no it's got to be this song and like <laughs> maybe a few stabs so no it was great it was fantastic uh doing this i'm very honored that y'all reached out and i'm glad that y'all also enjoy the final product and still use it um that really warms my heart so thank y'all thank you uh the nature of audiovisual media is such that usually people don't stick around to the end. So right up front, uh, if people want to find uh, what it is that you are working on, if people want to find your uh, great mm -hmm. musical works, where can they find it? Sure. They can find it on rockywitz.bandcamp.com. Uh, it's just a pun on my last name. It's R-O-C-K-Y-O-W-I-T-Z.bandcamp.com. Uh, you can also search my first and last name, Thomas Rakowitz, on um, pretty much most major uh, stores. So like Amazon, I know, has my stuff. Uh, it's on Spotify. Um, I do have a SoundCloud still under Rockywitz. Um, that is mostly for like my demos and stuff like that. So like if you want the latest stuff I'm working on, like that's not done, it's going to be there. Uh, if you want stuff that's done, then the Bandcamp or Spotify is going to be uh, your deal. And uh, I'm a little bit behind on making some stuff, but I just have a whole bunch of pots brewing and I want to make sure I get it right. So hopefully, fingers crossed this year, uh, y'all will see some stuff. And uh, if you've downloaded anything from Bandcamp, you may have been asked to like put your email on a newsletter, which I don't ever use. You may see an email from there saying like, hey, there's something new coming out. But uh, yeah, those are going to be the main places to check out my music. Awesome. By all means, go and check it out. Uh, if you're not looking at it uh, on screen right now on Twitch or YouTube, that is R-O-C-K-Y-O-W-I-T-Z.bandcamp.com. Yeah, uh, all it, right. Sorry, it is on you. No, sorry about that. I just remembered it is on YouTube as well. Um, I don't remember if I actually have a username on YouTube or whatever, but it still would just be Rockywitz. Um, riffs of videos will also be there. Forgot about that. My bad. Not a problem at all. Uh, before we get into the show proper, a reminder, as always, that we here at PressYZ stand against discrimination of any kind. Uh, while we appreciate however you choose to give back to our show, there's no better way to support us uh, than by being excellent to each other. Uh, a little bit of very quick housekeeping uh, tomorrow. Nathan, you are jumping into what I presume will finally be the final leg of your Lego Dimensions journey, correct? Oh, God, I hope so. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know where we're at. We're almost at like 10 hours of it. Um, so maybe this um, game does have like a proper ending, right? Like it doesn't just it does, like continue. No, it does have a proper ending, but then it has all the DLC story levels, which you really have to like buy the characters for like the portal levels and the back to the future levels and that like do separate things. So, um, but it does have an ending. I've beaten it before and that's really where everything opens up that you can do everything else. Hmm. Um, so maybe, 
Um, and that will be on this channel, not my other channel. Correct. Uh, the underscore and Mac, just to clarify. Uh, when this is done, I probably will switch over just to streaming on that channel permanently. So. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Well, without further ado, let's jump right into the meat of today's show. You know, it's really funny. All of us have been pretty busy in our own lives. You know, I went back to uh, working uh, in person uh, from my office uh, at work after spending three plus months working from home recently. Nathan, you just got back from a, you know, pretty long and exhaustive trip. Uh, And yet, all of us have been up to quite a fair bit in the realm of video games, if only in like small little doses. Um, Thomas, mm-hmm. I don't mean to put you on the spotlight so soon <laughs> into the podcast, uh, but Uh-oh. what have you been up to as of lately? Uh, so I have a love-hate relationship with Destiny 2. Uh, the grind can be a little much um but i also have to admit that it's fantastic with friends it's like a perfect i guess like it's like that perfect game that you can put a podcast in the back or if you're like in a discord of friends just chilling and whatnot um they recently uh well at the end of last year and going into this year they have uh done the witch queen expansion which uh it's starting the downhill slope of the story not in terms of quality i actually think it's pretty great um, but it's like, we're getting near to like the climax of everything. And before that, Bungie decided to have, you know, celebrate their birthday of being 30 years in the business by doing like a, um, a 30th anniversary thing. And one of the things they did was they had this, uh, dungeon that they created. It was called the grasp of avarice. I hope I'm saying that right. And, um, it is so damn fun it is it's basically a play on the loot cave uh glitch from destiny one as i understand it and um they have they have this music in there that is like a swashbuckling adventure song that kind of lets you think like oh it's like pirates of the caribbean type of sound um but i looked at the comments in it because i was like some of that some of that music or some of those little bits sounded familiar and it has motifs of like various uh, important songs within the lore um and it's been uh that's been taking up a lot of my time as well as the new expansion um if anybody from bungie is listening i just want you to know that uh, y'all have my heart in terms of music composition and sound design um There is a gun that shoots black holes and it has some of the coolest sounds. Um, That's been a lot of my time. And uh, yeah, that's it's just been that grind. (laughs) Whenever you have that black hole gun, it should start singing a parody of Black Hole Sun called Black Hole Gun. Oh, God, that would be so good. (laughs) I mean, I I wish it could sound like Chris Cornell. That would be amazing. But uh, it is much more bassy and like vroom type of sounds, uh, but that would be amazing though. I kind of, I kind of hope somebody does that. Maybe it'll be me. <laughs> well, now you have an opportunity. Yeah, uh, you get full credit for that. <laughs> have you been playing like Destiny two like semi continuously since its release? Is it a game that you've been playing like on and off? Like, what exactly was the story behind how you came to the franchise? Sure. So I started Destiny 1, like right when Destiny 2 was about to start, like just my luck. Like I started Destiny 1 and they're like, hey, 2's coming out pretty soon. 
And at the time, um, I, I think my PS4 was starting to die out and I was like, okay, well, I probably need a new one. Um, and then they had a collector's edition. So I've been playing destiny two since the like year one. Um, but I have definitely fallen off the, the wagon on it, so to speak. Uh, just because like sometimes the seasons are boring. Sometimes there's too much of a, a content drought. Uh, definitely in seasons, once I'm done, I slack off a lot. Um, but I would say that like, it's been intermittent, uh, from my love for it. However, uh, definitely in the past, I would say six to eight months, um, they've really tightened up a lot of their storytelling. Like there's not a lot of fluff to it. A lot of, um, uh, story arcs that they started are finally getting some kind of ending or they're coming to, they're not questions anymore. There's actually answers. Um, one of the most frustrating things about the series in the first one is every single piece of dialogues felt like a question. And then there was another question on top of that. And I was like, well, why did they do this? Why did they do this? Like, like this. And it just kept like building up. Um, but now it feels like they're bringing everything to it. Everything's coming to a head and it's like, okay, finally all the pieces on the board. Now let's just see how they write themselves. Uh, not out of a hole or anything, but more of like, how are they going to finish off this huge thing that they've built? Um, and hopefully they take whatever lessons they've learned for the next thing and uh, continue it. But so far, um, they've been on a winning streak. So I've been happy with it. Cool. I um, So I got only into Destiny 2 and I only got into it uh, mm -hmm. a couple of years after release. I don't remember if it was 2018 or 2019. Either way, I got like, I don't want to say I got pretty hardcore into it, but I mm -hmm. uh, ran with a group of other people that were willing to take on things like the Leviathan raid, you know, things that, mm -hmm. you know, require a little bit more uh, skill points on the coordination side of things. And mm -hmm. I ended up dropping out of it, but I still have that bug to get back into it, partially because I want to lord that platinum trophy other over other people's heads on playstation but also mm -hmm. because uh, to your point thomas it's like a fun game to you know listen to podcasts to or to you know use as an excuse to hang out with your buddies but it doesn't seem like there's an immediate obvious opening for me to do so with the game right away yeah i mean it is that whole free to play thing and um you know even as someone that has bought the game i can still go back and play that and it is not the worst introduction, I guess I would say, but it's one of those things where there's probably so much that has changed since you've last played that, um, I mean, like there's like, we can, uh, the guardians can wield part of the darkness now. So that's ice powers. They just reworked one of the powers, um, void, and they're going to be doing some of the other elements. Um, as I think not in seasons, but as further expansions go on, um, yeah, this is a tricky time really to get into it. Um, but uh, it is still very active though. So I don't, it's the great thing about it is, is that I don't really do too many raids. I've got a good group of uh, pals that I play around with now that I can do raids, but most of mine is just like doing the strikes, which is like a three player um, uh, activity and a little bit of PVP. I'm mostly a PVE guy. Um, but if you've got a group, I would say hop into it. But if you're kind of playing solo, uh, I would go through your backlog first, uh, not to like scare you out of playing it or like dissuade you from doing it. It's just 
it's a lot to jump into and unless like you're you know keeping up with wikis or like anything like that some of the story stuff is going to go uh it's going to go places you have no idea where it's going and um i would say some mechanics are easy to pick up but there are definitely if you try to do some of that harder in-game stuff um yeah it'll it'll be a little bit of a challenge all right i definitely oh. get that platinum though yeah, I definitely that's definitely like my one kind of golden goose platinum at this point. There was a like a year or so ago where I went through and like cleaned out a bunch of platinums that had been sort of hanging over my head for a while. That's the one mm -hmm. that remains uh, before I get around to the Destiny 2 platinum. However, Nathan. Yes. What have you been up to as of late? Um. So what have I been up to? Uh, well, I was away and I didn't get a chance to play many video games. I tried, as you saw on Twitter, playing some Pokemon games and those did not click um, with me. Mm -hmm. Pokemon, because that's really all I had new for the Switch because of my kids. Uh, Pokemon Snap, I was really hoping to click, but all it made me want is the Isle of Big Snacks uh, more than anything. Yeah. Because uh, it's been a while since we heard about that DLC. Yeah, I think it was set for spring and it may have been pushed back because a certain um, member of Kind of Funny told them they had to have trophies and to cancel development until they had trophies. I mean, I don't see any qualms with that, but yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So anyways, um. So it, it just didn't click with me. I want bug snacks. I think that's a much better version of that game. Um, but I did get home and something I was really excited to give a try again because I've played it on two generations. And now I'm playing on a third generation. Grand oh, Theft Auto 5. Keep holding up that big, beautiful Whoa. art book. I think it's an art book. Is it an art book? It's a it's a guide. Oh, oh. I mean, there are art. There's art in guidebooks, so it kind of is an art I guess book. that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, this is the hardcover Grand Theft Auto Five guide. I picked this up with the PS3 Special Edition back in the day. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm really loving exploring Los Santos again. Grand Theft Auto Five. I know people are tired of it, and I know people are tired of it being, like, the best-selling game ever. And um, they're going to be able to add all these sales that they're making from this cheap version of it that they're selling right now to their totals. Um, but it really is one of the best video games ever made. The world of Los Santos is huge. It's probably the best and most filled open world where you can just pretty much do anything. I still remember, um, and it blew me away. There's a tour bus you can get on and it gives you like their recorded audio of a virtual tour as you're get on the tour bus in the city. That is, um, such a level of detail. Um, even the radio stations, if you go too far out, some of the radio stations stop working. Wow. Um, like the, the detail that's in Grand Theft Auto five is just like so immersive. Um, it's funny. The characters are good. It's just such a good all around game. Um, I've never been into GTA online. And I think that's where I want to try and see We you guys were talking about destiny and how hard it is to like jump into games like Grand Theft Auto five has been that way for somebody who didn't pop into it. I'm wondering if this is the time to get to jump into that and see, especially because they do have stuff for new people who are jumping on right now. Mm. Mm. So if you're out there and you want to help ferry me through some Grand Theft Auto five on streams, let me know. I'd love to partake. So. 
On the uh, opposite end of the spectrum, you also finally got around to completing another game with five in its title, which yes, is I... Broken Sword Five: The Serpent's Curse. Yes. Uh, so I've been playing that. I finished it when I got. Actually, that was my daily game for achievements while I was uh, remote playing it while I was away uh, to make sure I could get those Microsoft reward points. Um, but uh, it's it's a good all-around game. I, I'm a huge fan of the point-and-click adventure. I platinumed uh, Full Throttle. I platinumed Day of the Tentacle. I platinumed Grim Fandango. Like, I, And it's my lineage dating back. I played Full Throttle when it first came out and Grim Fandango when they first came out. Um, so I love point and clicks. And when I saw Curse um, a Broken Sword 5, I was like, and it was free on Xbox Gold. And I was like, no, no, I'm playing this. And I really, really loved it. Um, really unique story uh, starring George Strobert. I think I'm saying that right. And his partner, Nico. Um, really, it starts off with an art theft at a gallery with a murder. Um, and then, like most games do, open up into this huge storyline about religious um, religious items and saving the world. Um, uh, so yeah, I had a good time. And actually, while I was playing this game, um, I think I wrote this on Twitter, it kind of made me want um, to get uh, an uncharted point-and-click adventure game. Because mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of like DNA you can mine from the puzzles and solving, and you could take the gunplay completely out of it and just have like a really fun, quippy, good dialogue, uh, point and click adventure game um, that you, like would just be doesn't even need to be a huge game, just something cheaper that they could produce in probably a shorter period of time. Speaking of Uncharted, have you seen the movie? Oh yes. Um, uh, yeah, so I did watch Uncharted. Uh, I think Cozy, yeah, you've got my clip, right? So I saw this tweet when you originally posted it. I didn't see the video itself. Would we like to do a live screening of Nathan's tweet video? Sure, yeah, let's do that. I'd like to point out, too, that uh, this is from my stream that I did on Monday night. So it was a really good stream, and you can see my puppy on the pup cam. Um, she gets her own Ooh. pup uh, cam because she's always downstairs with me now. So, uh, but this is the story about why we want to see Uncharted, and it's going to horrify some of you and surprise others. All right, let's find out. So yeah. we ended up looking at what movies were available, and the kids saw the sign for Uncharted. And my kids have never played an Uncharted video game. Uh, they've never seen me play an Uncharted video game, I don't think. But they know of Uncharted. And you know how they know of Uncharted? They know of Uncharted because Tom Holland is in the movie and he's Spider-Man. But also, they know that Tom Holland's in that movie because Tom Holland, as Nathan Drake, is a skin in Fortnite. Um, and that is why they wanted to go see Uncharted. It's because Nathan Drake, <laughs> Tom Holland, was a skin in Fortnite. That's how they found out about it. Um, so we took them to see Uncharted. Believe it or not, they really liked Uncharted. Um, they thought it was a fun movie. It's a fun popcorn flick. It's not a bad movie in any way. Um, it's not great either. Like, don't get me wrong. I think there's some strong spots. Actually, uh, Tom Holland did grow. I feel like th that was sort of like a Russian nesting doll of increasingly bad news. You started off by saying, you know, they are aware of Uncharted as a video game series. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fair. And then you talk about 
Tom Holland and how they, you know, knew of the Uncharted movie from Tom Holland. And I'm like, okay, I mean, fair enough. You know, Tom Holland, probably very popular with a lot of young kids because of his appearance in the Spider-Man movies. And then he'd say, oh, no, specifically, they're aware of the Uncharted movie through Tom Holland's appearance as Nathan Drake in Fortnite. And it's like, wow. All right. It, it feels like uh, we have a terrible curse now where like that's how pop culture references are going to be done. Um, like it's like, oh, I remember this person, but from Fortnite or from this Epic Games thing. And it's just it's it's slowly eating at my soul. <laughs> it's like, a good it's a good and a bad scenario. Yeah. Like, obviously, it sucks that there's this one juggernaut piece of media where everybody seems to be getting things from. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, it's like it's good for these things. Like they're putting their eyes on audiences that they've never seen before. They know about Dune because Zendaya was in Dune mm -hmm. as well. Um, or Zendaya, I think it's Zendaya. And they're both uh, apparently, and I have to hear about Fortnite all the time in my life because they love Fortnite. Um, and uh, um, the, those two are the first two actors to have double skins. Oh, because mm. he's Nathan Drake and Uncharted or and mm. Spider-Man and is like it's his face because you can play without the um your mask on and right. zendaya is in there for spider-man and dune so hmm. wait they did dune skins in Fortnite. i wait, believe there? so i don't know oh. i don't think so that's hmm. what they told me so i don't know uh i'm seeing in the uh chat here raging plum wait till they find out he looks like nathan Fillion. my wife would divorce me if she could marry nathan Fillion. i think yeah, so. this is uh, I'm looking at a video here. October 19th, 2021, Paul Atreides and Shani coming to Fortnite. So I, I, mean, am... I guess it's not super surprising, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's I totally agree with you on uh, it being like that double edged sword, but it is good to get those eyes on different things. Um, I will say, um, as uh, some of my friends know that I'm a, a big Mega Man fan that uh, if Mega Man is going to default dance in Fortnite, I'll be I'll die a little inside, but I'll be glad because then hopefully that's a whole new generation of people that uh, can then love those games. So it will yeah. be bittersweet. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where like my kids understand Mega Man because of Smash Brothers. I think it's the same okay. type of thing. They've never played a Mega Man game, mm -hmm. but they know a Mega Man from Smash Brothers. Less. That's still so. less. Yeah. <laughs> um, very similar situation. Anyways, so, um, hey, dear, do you like Nathan Fillion? Yeah. So we're just chatting about um, things. People think uh, Nathan Drake looks like Nathan Fillion. Would you agree with that? All right. Anyways, <laughs> she's a big fan. She'd leave me for him. It's true. <laughs> I, I'm curious, Tom. Yeah. You say that you would be all for Mega Man appearing in Fortnite because it would oh, introduce no. a whole generation of kids <laughs> to him. You know, one of the problems with introducing a character like Mega Man into Fortnite is that, you know, he kind of has a smallish stature. I feel like you would have to, you know, size him up a little bit to fit better into the aesthetic of that game. Sure. If they sure. used the Mega Man as seen on the box art for the original Mega Man game for the NES in North America, would you be down with that? Oh, the man. model's Why already did... made. 
Just go to Tekken versus Tree Fighter. That's right. Yeah. He's uh, a character in that. God, I can't believe I just uh, I just watched the monkey's paw finger curl slowly. Yes. Um, There's crayons on the floor upstairs. Yeah, I think I I think at this point I would just assume that it was ironic, so I'd be okay with it. Um, I think I've kind of come full circle. I think when he was announced for I'm sorry, what was the game again? Was it Capcom versus Tekken or no? Uh, Street Fighter versus Tekken. Street Fighter versus Not Tekken. Tekken versus Street Fighter. That game never got made. But got Street it. Fighter versus Tekken or got cross it. Tekken. Okay. Street Fighter cross Tekken. That's the that's issue. right. It had the cross in the name. Um, yeah, I remember like and this was around the same time when everything Mega Man was getting canceled. So like yeah. I just was. Yeah. So Mega uh, Man Universe, Mega Man Legends three. And there was another Mega Man project which got canceled. The theory yeah. at the time was that they specifically used that skin of Mega Man because they wanted to give the middle finger to KG and Afune who had left Capcom, I believe, either prior to that announcement or shortly after. Although I've heard I've heard counter reporting that apparently he actually approved it while he was still at Capcom. So who knows really what to think? Yeah, I, I don't think that's the case. I watched a video on that game recently, actually. Uh, Matt McMuscles puts I don't know if you guys have ever seen the YouTube series. What what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he chronicles and there's one on this game. Um and he did another one on the three canceled Mega Man games mm -hmm. and how this tied into it. So they kind of tie into each other. Um, but I think it was just supposed to be a celebration of Mega Man because they had so much Mega Man content being developed. Because like you said, Thomas, there were multiple Mega Man projects in the works oh, yeah. all once because you had Mega Man Universe, you had Mega Man Legends 3, and there was a, like a more grown up, grittier Mega Man that they were working on as well. And all three of them got canceled. And then it kind of seemed like a middle finger at that point because you had all these projects which got canceled in this costume. <laughs> when I, I, I think it was just supposed to be like, hey, look what we've done. Mega Man's everywhere. And it just didn't pan out. Right. Like yeah. I think it, it very much kind of felt like, ha, see, look, like we've got jokes here too. But it was kind of like telling like a like a joke that you were so sure is going to work. And then it just didn't. Um, but I think I've kind of come around and like if he was in Fortnite, um, I think I'd I think I'd be fine with it at this point. I mean, yeah, I mean, that would be a very small character to hit, although they could just do X, who is taller. But I think if they right. did like if the monkey's paw did have to curl, then yes, I would be OK with that. What if it was a kid from Battle Network? Uh, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I love those games. Those are some of my uh, favorite Game Boy Advance games, so I'd be okay with it. I just don't know how it would work combining him and then uh, EXE or Mega Man EXE, but I'd be curious how they did that. Um, but yeah, I love those games. Hmm. Well, we'll have to wait and see whether or not we eventually get our Mega Man uh, 1 box art in Fortnite. But until then, I want to talk a little bit about what I have been up to, uh, namely a little game by the name of Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. So uh, I don't mean to kind of put you on the spot yet again, uh, but I do want to throw to you, Tom, real quick. Mm -hmm. Have you been yeah. keeping up with this game at all? So um, I actually was just talking about this with some friends the other day. Um, it seems... I try not to I don't want to like just be outright disparaging. It is a very bold choice to um throw Limp Biscuit in the year 2022 in your video game cutscene. 
but there is a certain level of uh, confidence that it exudes that I'm like, you know what? All right, I'll see how this plays out. So I know a little bit about it and that I think it's supposed to be some kind of prequel or running at the same time as the first Final Fantasy. Um, but I've tried to kind of keep my hands out of the story part because I kind of do want to try it. Yeah, this game, like the TLDR on it is it's basically mm -hmm. a bizarro retelling of the story of the original Final Fantasy for the NES, except mm -hmm. instead of playing as the four the Warriors of Light from that game, you play as these four kind of I don't even know what to describe them. There's this term within anime called isekai, which refers to people from the real world world that get transported into fantasy worlds. I almost mm -hmm. want to say uh, that it's basically for uh, hyperactive isekai protagonists, but I don't fully know exactly what their deal is with this story. And I can tell that they have something uh, deeper and more unexpected in store than I would initially even conceive. Uh, what okay. I can say about this game right now is that Gameplay wise, it's surprisingly decent. Um, I was talking about this with a friend the other day. This game feels like Soulsborne on rails in a good way. Um, oftentimes, you know, whenever I'm searching up Soulsborne videos on YouTube, I'll see videos that are like, oh man, check out this real sick uh, build I did in Dark Souls 2, where I'm a samurai and I swing around a real long katana and just decimate enemies in a flash. Or I'll see a video that's like, oh man, check out this real sick Bloodborne build I did, where I turned myself into a demonic uh, butcher or pizza man that cleaves enemies in half with my giant pizza wheel. And I look, you know, yearnfully on these videos and think, man, that's really cool, really great that the games allow you to kind of customize your character in those really unique and funny uh, yet impressive ways. Uh, but I always kind of walk away from them being like, man, if I wanted to do that, that would take me oh so much time. And, mm -hmm. and what I appreciate about Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin is that it totally is like, hey, those crazy weird builds that you always wanted to play in those games, but you never attempted because they seemed like they were so far out of reach. We're just going to give them to you every five minutes. Every five minutes, the game introduces a completely new build, a completely new class for your player to experiment with. Um, and man, oh man, uh, is controlling and just experiment with these builds surprisingly fun. I the, the best way I would describe this game gameplay-wise is it's like if you took some of the more linear dungeons from the original Dark Souls for the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, and melted it with some of the better linear sections of Final Fantasy 13 uh, back during uh, from the same era. Uh, it feels a little bit like a, a throwback in that regard, but not in a bad way. I uh, the more and more I play this game, found myself being like, man, I they really kind of built games in a certain way back in the day that they don't anymore. And I feel like this game is providing that kind of nostalgic itch along with, you know, the satisfaction of being able to switch between all these builds uh, in a flash, along with a lot of like modern quality of life stuff that I think is really kind of selling this package for me and wrapping it all up in a real nice bowl that I just keep wanting to play. That was a whole lot of words all at once, but all that to say, I'm really enjoying this game. That's good. That's good. I've been very curious about so I, th I think this is that may be the pitch that actually is like you know what um yeah give it a shot so i think i will
And I will say, you know, speaking to the uh, weird narrative decisions that this game uh, features, speaking to the weird Limbiscuit music, uh, I've actually heard independently from multiple people within my circles that the game story actually really comes together within the final few hours that mm. apparently all of the weirdness and insanity ultimately ends up making way more sense than you would expect. And so I'm really looking forward to that. This game um, was scribed in part by one of the uh, writers that worked on the novelization of the Kingdom Hearts games. And mm -hmm. I don't own any of those novels, but I do know uh, from having read them at bookstores that they like actually do a pretty good job of telling those, you know, oftentimes complicated stories fairly concisely. So I, I believe that these games will reveal their hidden depth in their 11th hour, but I guess I'll have to keep playing to find out. Um, sorry, Nathan, I feel a little bit bad watching you with your finger against your temple, just completely awash with boredom as I talk about Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. I'm not bored. Uh, I'm sad. <gasps> and I'm sad because I'm never going to get a Final Fantasy game again, which I'm going to want to play. <gasps> I'm sad because they've gone this completely action RPG route with all the Final Fantasies. You've already seen it with 15. 16 looks like it's going to be that. This takes it even a bit further. They aren't doing turn-based Final Fantasy games anymore, and that's what I want them to do. Mm. Um, and it just, like, don't get me wrong. You saying Limp Bizkit kind of has me. Because who doesn't love, uh, like, three, $3 Bill Y'all was one of my favorite favorite albums um uh significant other was great too i've like i could probably quote most of the lyrics from significant other without trying um but the souls born combat like it's that's not what i want in a final fantasy game and i'm just i tried 15 and it didn't click with me like and this like even seven remake does not click with me. And I'm just starting to come to the realization that I'm not going to get what I want out of a Final Fantasy game ever again. Well, I don't really have much of a, uh, I don't have much to say in terms of <laughs> providing assurance or countering anything that you just said. Yeah. Yeah. Square Enix has more or less entirely moved away from turn-based stuff when it comes to their mainline prestige Final Fantasy games. I do hope one day, perhaps when this game is severely discounted, that you give it a shot. Because, like I said, I think it's severely underrated. I've been having a lot of fun with it. But, yeah, I can't really help you there. Yeah, and sorry, I didn't mean to just info dump, but... No, it's it just not a problem. No. came okay. to my head. So, um, I guess what you're looking... So, just to make sure, like, you're looking for, like, Final Fantasy, like, the name, and then also that turn-based stuff, so... Uh, does stuff like Octopath Traveler or Bravely Default, does that kind of stuff also interest you as well? Or is it more like you just like traditional Final Fantasy type of stuff? So like Octopath did speak to me. I never got a mm -hmm. chance to try Bravely Default. I don't own a 3DS actually. My kids mm -hmm. do, but I've never really used it. It's their 3DSs. Um, but yeah, like uh, I'll play older, like even other turn-based RPGs. That's where I tend to like my RPGs, where I can take my time, where even Final Fantasy with the active time battle system um, was like a good innovation. Final Fantasy IX is probably my favorite game mm -hmm. uh, from the series. Um, and it seemed to go downhill after that. Like 12, I never cared for. I thought it 
was not great. And I've tried it like four separate times because there are people who die by saying 12 is like a perfect game. And I can't understand how they think that. Um, and even 13 started to turn into it was still turn based, but you walk down hallways and you could see the way they were starting to go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it like in the it changing there. And don't get me wrong. They're probably going to sell more copies if they make it an action RPG. Um, and so, yeah, so I will play other games, um, that have that turn-based feel to it, but it just makes me sad that again, like the genre of Final Fantasy, I remember playing the first one on the NES mm-hmm. has completely gone away from what made me love that game. Yeah, no, so. I can, I could totally get that. I would, I would say, uh, try the demo for Bravely Default 2. It doesn't, when I tried it, I, I played the demo of the first one on the 3DS Oh, it's um, on Switch, isn't it? Yeah, Bravely yeah, Default 2 is on the Switch. Too. So yeah. I, I'd recommend the demo, but I totally get you. Like, It felt like Final Fantasy back then was the genre, essentially. Um, like, You didn't even have to say JRPG. You'd just be like, yeah, it's a Final Fantasy. And it's like, okay, I know exactly what I'm getting into. And that line, I guess, has gotten... Or that water, I guess, has gotten muddy. So I get you on well, that. And it sounds like... Final Fantasy is going to be the action RPG and Dragon Quest is going to be their turn-based mm, okay. uh, turn-based thing, um, which is what the direction they're going. And that's not a surprise at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not producing Dragon Quest games in nearly the same capacity that they are Final Fantasy titles. Makes sense. Yeah, I get John. Yeah. Uh, yep. r- real quick, Raging Plum in the chat says, maybe Trails of Cold Steel will scratch that itch. Do you have any experience with that? particular franchise yeah actually uh i'm pretty sure it's quite a few years ago i reviewed one of the trails of cold steel games back in the day um so yeah i i'm pretty sure i have tried one of them um uh and, and they, they was really good i really enjoyed it um they're big and they're dense and they're multiple parts so you could be playing those games forever i think that's my other big issue and um that's less of a Final Fantasy thing because they was still a huge time crunch. But the time involved, I think the only thing that killed me with Trials is that to get a complete story, you got to play like three different games. And they're like 100 hours, I think, each. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a big commitment. So. All right. Well, before we move on to our topic of the show for this evening, um, <coughs> don't know where that came from. Uh before we move on to our topic of the show, uh, I want to briefly touch base on our current YYZ reviewee game, which is Tunic. Uh, basically, Thomas, uh, the way mm-hmm. that we have gotten into... Man, that did not come out right at all. That was just a train going off the rails, hoping to dear God that rails would appear in front of it, and those rails definitely not appearing. Let me rephrase that. Uh since the start of 2022, uh, we have tried to play a new game every couple of weeks, usually a game that's available for free on Xbox Game Pass that we can all kind of collectively talk about here on the podcast. Last mm-hmm. week, we decided that we would play through Tunic over the course of the next couple of weeks because it released um, for free, surprisingly, on Xbox Game Pass uh, at that time. Uh, I mentioned this to you ahead of time uh, while we were preparing mm-hmm. for the podcast. Have you been able to check it out at all? I've gotten to check out a little bit of the soundtrack and I fired it up a little bit, but I haven't gotten to really dive into it. Um, it did kind of remind me of 
like the movement kind of reminded me of uh link's awakening and i'm hoping that kind of holds um but i haven't gotten to dive into it unfortunately okay well you can rest assured i have not played too much of it i've played uh, a little bit more than uh where it sounds like you got to but i'm not mm-hmm. super deep into the game so i won't waste too much time talking about it uh yeah this is a you know legend of zelda as you said uh link's awakening uh esque game in which you play as a cute little fox in a mysterious world filled with monsters and many apparel um so far, uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about this game other than that I think it's very cute. And I really do love uh, the system of finding pages of the instruction booklet that provide you with all sorts of hints and details on how to better take advantage of your surroundings and overcome obstacles within the game's world. Basically, the idea is that you'll find these little pages that are supposed to be uh, the what the instruction booklet for this game would look like if this game had been like a game released during the NES or SNES era. Uh, mm-hmm. But what's funny about it is that these pages from the instruction booklet are partially written in this sort of made up language that is featured throughout the game. So there will be like half of it in English, half of it in this made up language. And you're sort of left to the imagination to try and figure out, you know, what is it that it's saying about this particular piece of lore? There will mm-hmm. be one part that's like, and that was why the kingdom crumbled. This, this is not word for word what is said in the instruction manual. I'm just kind sure. of giving an example. <laughs> and then underneath, that's why the kingdom crumbled. There will be words in this alien language. And it's like, what exactly are you trying to communicate here? The, the game kind of leaves quite a bit up to your imagination without being utterly obtuse. And I really do appreciate that about it. Uh, but yeah, motivated to kind of keep playing it and see what else it has in store. Uh, combat's pretty fun. Uh, I, I know, Nathan, we were talking about it uh, mm-hmm. a- ahead of the podcast. You've not played the game at all yet, but you did play the demo of this that released a couple of months back. And you didn't really love it so much when you talked about it on the podcast last. Yeah, it didn't drive with me. Um, and I'm a huge Link's Awakening fan. I love the art style and I love the look of it. Link's Awakening is actually probably my favorite Zelda game. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to speed. I th- I've said this before. I used to speed run that game before I knew what speed running was. I'd, I'd delete my save file and rerun it and see how quickly I could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that. But the combat, I just I didn't love the combat in the game. Um, and maybe that's changed to the final version of it at this point. Um, but yeah, something about it. And I think I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere and I was constantly like dying a lot, which I think, cause I know this has been described as Blake's awakening with some dark souls esque combat. And maybe that's just, maybe I'm the old man yelling at the clouds now, but start, stop putting dark souls combat in everything. So. The couple of combat encounters I've had thus far were a little bit challenging, but I just got my hands. I think the last thing that I did before I stopped playing is I got my hands on my first proper sword. So maybe that'll tip the scales, but we'll have to wait to find out. Uh, Mm -hmm. All right. Without further ado, let's jump into our topic of the show for this evening. So, you know, when we were coordinating to have you on. Uh, Tom. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was trying to think of an appropriate topic of the show that we could have with you. And I thought, Mm -hmm. well, of course, we're going to want to do something that involves us talking about music and games in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so I I, uh, thought long and hard about it. And I thought, you know, there are 
many rhythm games out there in which you got to press those buttons on your controller to the tune of some sort of beat. But I feel mm-hmm. like the number of video games out there where the reason for the music being in the game is entirely diegetic. You're actually playing the guitar, the musical instrument that it corresponds to whatever beats you're trying to hit. Uh, those sorts of games are like more rare than you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also was reflecting on the fact that it has been a little while uh, since we've done a topic of the show on the podcast in which we've used challenge.com to basically try and figure out what is the best of the best within a certain kind of genre or style of game from a limited pool or selection of titles or what have you. I think the last one we might have done, it might have even been back in 2020 that we did like the like best video game sequels of all time, kind of challenge bracket tournament thing. Sure. No, I, I, I'm saying it like you were there on the podcast. Yeah, Thomas, but I was, <laughs> it's been I a was, while. I was broadcasting yeah. it. <laughs> um, and so I figured why not combine these two interests? Uh, I went ahead and I created um, a challenge uh, tournament bracket of eight video games and, uh, in which you, at the core of the game, uh, mm-hmm. are responsible for playing some sort of musical instrument. Uh, that musical instrument is a kind of core part of the gameplay experience, and uh, playing that musical instrument produces music. So I have, uh, from top to bottom, uh, the bongos from Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, uh, the electric guitar from uh, The Artful Escape, the recently released indie game, uh, I have the turntable from DJ Hero. I have the guitar from Guitar Hero. I have the ocarina from The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Uh, I have the guitar from The Last of Us Part Two. I have the band uh, from Rock Band, as it were. And finally, I have Clementine, which is your electric guitar from Brutal Legend. Uh, like I said, these are all games where you are required to play music, and the means by which you played music is manifested in the game in the form of an actual musical instrument uh, that you have mm-hmm. to play, be it perhaps a musical instrument that you're playing in person or a musical instrument that you're playing in game, as is the case with, say, the Ocarina from Ocarina of Time. Sure, sure. I like this. I like this a lot. All right. Uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and let's talk about our first matchup, which is the bongos from Donkey Kong Jungle Beat and the electric guitar from uh, The Artful Escape. Um, I've played The Artful Escape. I talked about it on the podcast a little bit towards the end of last year. Nathan, did you at any point get around to checking this game out? I have not. It's something I should try. I think it is up my alley, but I have not tried it yet. Thomas, have you checked this game out? Unfortunately, I've not, but I'm interested uh, to hear more about it. You said it was the artful escape. Yeah. So, yeah, the kind of like super short, super bridge version of what this game is, because this is one of those games that's kind of like esoteric and artsy and can be a little bit difficult to describe if you kind of get too deep into it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Basically, the artful escape um, is a walking simulator asterisk in which you play um, as a 2B rocker uh, who rocks his way through a variety of uh, unusual alien environments all the while playing his guitar. Um, Each kind of like strum of the guitar is mapped to a particular button. And 
the idea is that as you kind of walk through all of these alien environments, there is some like low ambient background music that's always playing and you can strum on your guitar at any point and doing so basically contributes to the music of the environment around you. Uh, and it's sort of totally up to you how you kind of want to uh, kind of season the world in that manner uh, musically. And then occasionally, every now and then, the game has boss battles with the boss battles in question usually being some sort of version of the game Simon in which you have to repeat uh, the strums that uh, opposing forces will play for you. But whenever you get to repeat them, you get to sort of uh, hang on certain notes or kind of play them back to them in ways that uh, you feel are most suiting of how your character would play them. It's a very unusual game. I hope I did my best in sort of describing uh, what basically the game entails, but that's the sort of basic gist of it. Um, mm -hmm. On the other end of the spectrum is Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, a game that either of you have played. I have played it at a party. I don't own it, but I was able to play it like at a party and I had a blast. Um, the microphone was a bit sensitive and it would sometimes pick up voices. So it would like, it would do like the clapping thing. Um, and I enjoyed it. Um, but, uh, I'm not sure about y'all though, if y'all enjoyed it as well or got to play it. I played it at an EB games. I think they had a demo set up for it way back in the day. Um, it was never something that I was super interested in, but I had a fun time playing the demo with it. I remember the instrument. It worked well. So the premise with this game is you got your DK bongos, except unlike the Donkey Konga games where you're, again, just playing songs. In this game, you basically tap left on the bongos to go left. You tap right on the bongos to go right. And you clap to emit shockwaves that allow you to quickly defeat enemies. It's a game that kind of merges, again, the kind of like more precise kind of platforming action that you know Nintendo games uh, to feature with something that's a little bit more kind of experiential. It's one of those games from the GameCube that people still to this day look back on very fondly for being, you know, like a lot of other games from that era, really kind of unlike a lot of what had come before for that particular franchise. Yeah. I realize this is a pretty... Uh, <laughs> challenging matchup to have right off the bat because these are both games that you know do what they do um pretty well and pretty uniquely um mm -hmm. i don't know if either of you have some a opinion right off the bat of where you want to kind of steer this conversation uh i mean the the hard part i guess for me is that i'm so biased for guitar because i have a bunch of them um i'm I feel like I'm always going to say the guitar in, in this thing. Um, but I do like how you describe the artful escape because one of the things uh, that music mechanics in games always do, as you said, like it's like a Simon Says type of thing. And that's always good. There's usually like one of the core things that makes music fun is a back and forth. Like if you have a another guitarist or like, you know, you're playing with a pianist or something like that. Um, there's that back and forth that like, generates um spontaneity and inspiration and it's amazing um so i like the idea that in the artful escape you can not only repeat back the solo or uh you know do simon says you can add your own twist to it that is 
very interesting to me. Whereas, because normally it's just very linear. Like, um, you have to hit this note at this time. You can't, There's no deviation. I mean, the closest I can think of is like the whammy bar on Guitar Hero or something like that. Or um, with the microphone uh, in rock band, like shouting during like a non-singing part. Um, so I do like that idea of there actually being a sort of battle, like, you know, where you have to elevate what was just played back to you. Um, I don't know how like experimental you can get, like if you just like mash a whole bunch of buttons or if it just lays out the buttons for you. Um, but I do like how that sounds though. So that's kind of where I'm leaning more towards because the way that I, the experience I had from Bongo's DK Jungle, I think you had mentioned uh, you mentioned it well. Um, it's more of that precise platforming, so I feel like it's one of those like you gotta like hit the bongos to a grid essentially if you want to do really well. So mm. that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, after you, um, I was confused about which game we were talking about here because I thought it was one of the drumming games. Not the one where you platform. Yeah, I for for the I, I thought about like I thought about which game I wanted to use to kind of re represent the DK bongos, and I think I went. I decided to go with uh, Jungle Beat just because I felt like that was sort of like the more unusual and innovative use of them. You know, not to say that there's anything wrong with the Donkey Konga games, which is the ones you're thinking of, but, you know, it's a little bit more standard the way in which those games sort of use them in that one. Yeah. So um, for me, though, like, I think something about The Artful Escape does speak to me. It's one of those games where I do want to play it. I just haven't gotten around to it. And I know it's a short sitting um, to pretty much get everything. I think it's like four hours total or something uh to play so it's a nice short game um and, and i i would probably lean more that direction personally for my taste i'm here yeah it, it's funny i thought i was gonna stump a little bit more for uh the bongos from donkey kong uh, jungle i, I can see you doing one. that that but seems like on brand for cozy i feel like thomas kind of sold me on the electric guitar from the artful escape which is a game i enjoyed i i have like nothing really against that game obviously i put mm -hmm. it on this list because i thought it was a game of significance such that it should be on this list uh but yeah you know it's funny um there was a another version of donkey kong jungle beat that was actually released on the wii a couple of years after the gamecube version of that game and that version uh, basically made it so that you could control uh, DK's movements precisely with the Wii Remote Nunchuck uh, and made it so that uh, the kind of like act of emitting sound waves is done just by waggling the Wii Remote. But to compensate for making it so that you could control the game more precisely, they actually went in and edited the levels to make them a little bit deeper to kind of like really make you able to kind of like appreciate and take advantage of the more precise control that the game offered you. Um and there is, I don't want to say that like a debate rages online because there aren't a whole lot of people talking about Jungle Beat online nowadays, but there are people who go back and forth on like, you know, the bongo version of the game is the better version because it's the one that's more special. And other people are like, well, the Wii version is better because you can really appreciate, you know, Tokyo EAD's uh, kind of design acumen. Uh, ultimately, I think that I'm just going to go ahead with uh, the Artful Escape because I don't want to 
uh, wade into the quagmire that is the Donkey Kong Jungle Beat debate. Uh, And also, obviously, (laughs) Thomas made a great argument earlier. So I'm going to go ahead and I am going to uh, give the Artful Escape a single point, uh, which will allow it to move up in the bracket. Okay. Hooray! It works. Next matchup uh, is the turntable from DJ Hero and the guitar from Guitar Hero. Uh, I do want to point out that when I was assembling this bracket ahead of time, I hit the uh, randomizer button for the seating many a time, and somehow this is what it ended up at. I didn't intentionally try to pit the two hero games against each other right off the bat. This is just what the uh, Gods of Luck deemed us fit to scrutinize. So, (laughs) yeah. Anyone have any hot takes right off the bat? Uh, it's it's the guitar, right? It's Guitar Hero, right? It's this one's easy, right? <laughs> right? I mean, I, again, like I said, I'm gonna be biased, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to fully 100% back Guitar Hero. Um, the, I do enjoy the idea of DJ Hero. Um, mm-hmm. the thing that sells me on Guitar Hero is that as it got, um. I mean, it started a lot of this. I mean, you know, of course there's Dance Dance Revolution and whatnot, but like having plastic instruments that you play in your home, um, like, I mean, it it started a revolution. I know we're going to talk about Rock Band later, but I do have to say that I remember a lot of when I, like, Guitar Hero 2 or I think 3. 3 came out while I was starting college. Yeah. And there wasn't a single party that I went to that didn't have a corner dedicated to Guitar Hero. And it wasn't just like one person playing it. It was like a whole community of people around that TV, just like watching, cheering each other on. Um, I mean, it really did start. Uh, it started something. So my vote is to it. And I do like that as the series got on, they never the you know the color scheme stayed the same. There wasn't like a lot of mechanical changes. I mean, when you have gold, you stick with it. But they did add things to their like, you know, actual um, techniques. And then they actually started getting the real master tracks from artists that um, I think just elevates it. But I do like if I'm not mistaken, and hopefully somebody can correct me. um, I do remember DJ Hero. You could um, remix. I mean, you couldn't export, of course, but like you could remix while you played, which I think is awesome as well. Um, So. I never played DJ Hero, but it's one of those games where I always wanted to. It's, it came mm-hmm. down to how many plastic instruments did I need in my house <laughs> at the time. Um, God, I remember talking to some of my friends who worked at EB Games, and they're like, how many plastic instruments can we keep in a store? That was a huge mm-hmm. issue, um, like just for keeping stock in, especially once you start getting into having multiple instruments uh, packs for Guitar Hero and Band Hero. Uh, in their stores because they took up a lot of room um but yeah something about dj hero that was cool was that you could remix the tracks and actually my uh i remember downloading the um the tracks for dj hero because they were really good Mm -hmm. like the tracks for dj hero they put some really good stuff together with it that wasn't just like normal music because a lot of it was remixed Mm-hmm. Um, through there, so um, I think the music from DJ Hero is good, but it, like if we're talking about iconic, what what's our definition for this cozy? Is it icon most iconic, most uh, 
the official press YZ, uh, completely legitimate uh, determination of the bestest and most iconic uh, video game musical mechanics in which the music is presented in an entirely diegetic fashion as presented by the press YZ hosts. That's the Are we title. sending an award to the company? <laughs> sure. It'll be okay, in the good. form of a tweet. Okay. Um, so, like, for me, I, I don't... It's got to be the guitar. It's just got to be the guitar. Yeah, it seems like the uh, decision here has already been made. I will say to just stump really briefly for DJ Hero, like, mm-hmm. I feel like on paper, you would assume that DJ Hero would be the moment where the kind of hero franchise, as it were, jumped the shark. You would think that DJ Hero would be like kind no, of that was U- called band hero right like you would assume that dj hero would have been uh basically the you draw of the hero franchise and yet they somehow figured out uh how to make it work and they pulled it off and it wouldn't be a couple more years until yeah they had their band hero moment and then they had the whatever grand theft uh not grand theft auto <laughs> guitar hero six was called so i do want to give props uh to dj hero for that but yeah, it sounds like the court of opinion here on Presswise has decided that it should be Guitar Hero, so I am going to give them the nod. I remember correctly, too, the controller for it was also really well made, so, like, that's another point in their favor, because if they would have really jumped the shark, then, like, it would have been, like, a trash controller, but from what I rem- I don't remember anybody ever complaining about it. No, um, it was a well-built controller. Um mm-hmm. I've had my hands on it occasionally at thrift stores when I've, my wife's been shopping and I occasionally see one there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's not the system that I would be able to play it on or whatever. Yeah. Um, and really, it's me talking myself out of just buying a piece of plastic to store in my house. <laughs> my wife hates that <laughs> shit. I forgot uh, that back in the day, if you played the Guitar Hero games on Wii, you stuck the Wii remote inside the guitar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's uh, weird. So, Yeah. We was a weird system. Yeah, in um, many ways. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, uh, I'm happy with that. Okay, let's move on. Mm-hmm. All right. We have next up a clash of two superstars. Uh, in one corner, we have the Ocarina from The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And let's also just say, by extension, the Ocarina in Majora's Mask and all its alt forms in that game. And in the other corner, we have the guitar from The Last of Us Part Two. Both these musical instruments very iconic in their own way. I don't really need to say all that much about the ocarina from Ocarina of Time. It's literally in the title. But mm-hmm. the guitar from The Last of Us Part Two ended up being kind of a breakout moment slash uh, musical instrument from that particular game. There are uh, friends of ours, like Taylor Lyles, who has uh, been on this podcast before, who Mm -hmm. went like, hey, after experiencing the guitar segments in The Last of Us Part Two, this actually inspired me to, like, get uh, into playing the guitar. And uh, that's, like, true of, like, a ton of other people that I saw on uh, Twitter from around the time that the game released. Um, I have... All the same, uh, my preferred winner in this one, but I want to hear what you guys have to think first. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I guess I'll go first. Um, sure. So, uh, in a breakaway from guitars, I'm going to have to go with the Ocarina. Um, the reason for me is that 
the ocarina was like i i know in link's awakening when i played it originally on the game boy it was a very inspirational thing to have like these instruments that you were collecting slowly build this uh piece to call the wind fish or mm -hmm. the ballad of the wind fish and it was very interesting to see how music could tie into a game like that and then ocarina time where it becomes an actual mechanic that moves you again through time or uh affects the weather um transports you it's i mean there there hasn't really been anything like it really um that i think has been like done exceedingly well the guitar from the last of us 2 i think it's interesting because you know after you get through um the uh what's the what's the best way to describe this the uh the complete dread of everything that or the dread and like the the slog that you just the emotional slog you just went through uh through any of the story beats um to be able to go back to that guitar um is really cool i think i really like that idea as a mechanic because um i mean that is what you do like you know after after a long day whenever i'm done with work i mean that's what i do i'll grab one of those and just kind of like pluck around so I like the idea that you can have um, you can have her actually play the instrument. Um, and uh, one of the other things I really have to appreciate is uh, actually animating the fingers properly and like uh, shaping like shaping a chord. Um, really, the only other piece of media that I can say. Um, well, actually, I guess there's two. Uh, there is. Um, oh, I can never remember the movie's name. Um, Oh God, can't remember the movie's name. Um, so I'm trying to think. I think it was a Pixar movie. Um, Coco. Yes, thank you. It's Coco. Yeah. Coco did it so incredibly well. Um, I think they even got vibrato and like how the string looks when it bends, right? Um, which is it is a it is a detail that was not needed, but the fact that they did that says a lot and. Uh, the last of us two within the context of a video game i think actually did that like of course you know like if you just play different chords a whole bunch it looks kind of janky but i mean yeah of course it's going to look janky it's still in the context of a video game it's not you know here's animation a we need to go to animation b or you know or frame b or anything like that um and metalocalypse which they uh within their ability to draw a uh, hand draw or whatever or i guess computer animation however they were doing it um they did a great job of that so i really appreciate the effort that went into the last of us two but something about the ocarina is such a monumental awesome. instrument i can't i can't in my right mind put the guitar from the last of us two against that and have that win so i my vote's going to be for the ocarina yeah, I'm going to lean to the Ocarina too, actually. Um, and I think, tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, but most of the instruments in Zelda pretty much play the same because I've always been, I think Wind Waker is my second favorite Zelda game. And I've mm -hmm. always been the, I don't know if, is it the Batons in Wind Waker? It's the it's, Wind Waker, the titular Wind Waker. Yeah, the Wake, yeah. I guess it's the Wind Waker. Um, mm -hmm. I've always been partial to that one, but it plays very much the same. It's just like yeah. using your buttons in the exact same way. It just, it's a different, I, and I don't know if the wind waker is an instrument per se. It's more like a conductor. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, well the, yeah. the thing that was different about the Wind Waker versus the Ocarina was that you had to uh, conduct in time with the beat. Uh, mm. Whereas in mm. Ocarina of Time, you could kind of play the Ocarina at whatever pace you wanted. Um, you could like, I believe, like upscale or downscale the tempo. Uh, I'm using yep. all sorts of terminology, by the way, that Tom is probably shivering at. And I apologize for that. <laughs> it's making him die slowly inside, similar to Fortnite. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's you're adding like uh, like milliseconds to my life at this point. But no, no, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're absolutely right. Um you could uh, you could go into different times, so you could go. It would normally you would conduct in four four like one two three four, or you could do like three like one two three, um, and then I think you could even do six eight if I'm not mistaken. Um, so they really went. It was that was more combining rhythm with the button presses, and you're, y'all are absolutely right. Like with Orcarina, like you could just do like three C buttons like back to back and like be done. And like that was the end of the thing, and then it would play it at its normal speed. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think we're three for three here because my vote uh, goes in Ocarina of Time's camp as well. I obviously have a lot of respect for the guitar from the Last of Us Part Two for reasons we've already discussed. I think there there are some really beautiful moments from that game that involve it, uh, but ultimately. I really just appreciate how much of a kind of persistent presence the ocarina is throughout the entirety of that game and how many kind of moments in the game are defined by uh, you playing the ocarina uh, meaningfully alongside another character. And this is something that, of course, Majora's Mask uh, also uses uh, to great effect as well. Um, you know, throughout much of the second half of that game, when you're trying to kind of uh, rebuild a broken Hyrule uh, and restore things to normal. Uh, so many of the kind of moments of that game where you get to, get to know Sheik and, you know, forge your relationship with them are defined by the kind of music that you share. And for that reason, it, it, again, as much as I respect what the guitar from The Last of Us Part Two did, as much as I uh, recognize the kind of cultural impact that it uh, left, I feel like I have to give... Uh, the ocarina, the nod, and so it moves on. I'm also very glad that you mentioned that uh, the guitar from The Last of Us Two inspired someone to play. Um, kind of as a tangent, um, I think it's amazing when a video game can inspire someone to pick up like a real instrument. Um, I mean, I know like I've purchased an ocarina just so I could learn uh, Legend of Zelda stuff, but I think it's very fascinating what video games can do to inspire people whether it is in video games in art or like in music i mean i'm sure people playing the electric guitar and guitar hero have thought the same thing and then rock band um so i'm glad to hear that uh that segment in the last of us two or those segments rather uh or you know not just like oh i guess just get to enjoy this part it's like it actually inspired something else in their life i think that's really cool for sure all right Let's talk about the final matchup. Uh, this is a bit of an oddball matchup. Uh, in mm -hmm. one corner, we have the band, uh, as it were, from Rock Band. I didn't really have like a better way of describing it. I, I figure that when you say, oh, the band from Rock Band, you probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, mm -hmm. And then in the other corner, we have Clementine from Brutal Legend. So 
to catch everyone up, uh, here up to speed who has not played Brutal Legend before, uh, in that game, uh, you explore a fantasy world that basically is if you took like medieval landscapes and merged them with uh, heavy metal album covers from back in the day. Um, and early on in the game, you get your hands on your trusty electric guitar, uh, nicknamed Clementine. And basically, you can execute spells in the game uh, that are executed by you strumming along on Clementine's uh, dulcet strings. Right now, I'm showing on screen uh, one of the uh, spells being played, which in the game are kind of called solos. And it, it makes for a... Like, Brutal Legend, for those who have never played it, is one of those really kind of interesting kind of melding of genre games yeah. that combines, like... Weird open world up. gameplay with uh tower defense <laughs> segments and it is like unexpectedly really satisfying to perform a spell quote unquote with your guitar while in the middle of the open world to summon a car to uh, head on your way real quick or when you're kind of like knee deep in the middle of the battle and you need to summon more allies to your location or you need to um get a quick boost in health uh and I, yeah, I just wanted to kind of put it in uh, here as sort of like a, again, to add a little bit more kind of flavor to this list and also to provide an example of another game uh, like Ocarina of Time that heavily integrates uh, music into its core experience, but in a very different way than something like Ocarina of Time, whereas a lot of the music in Ocarina of Time is about, you know, connecting with people here. Music exists primarily as like an offensive measure. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, in the other corner, I mean, I, I feel like I don't really need to, uh, uh explain what rock band is. If you've not, uh, <laughs> seen it, kids ask your parents. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, let's see. All right. This well, we is... have some deviation here. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's start with that deviation. Ooh, uh, well, let's see. So this is actually kind of tough for me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just say up front that my vote is for the band and I'll get to why in a bit, but I do want to applaud Clementine um, from Brutal Legend for going the extra mile. Um, if I am not mistaken, these the walls where you learn spells are called like tabs, uh, tab scrolls or tab books, which is like actual nomenclature of like the books that you like you know, if you're learning guitar and you don't know how to read, uh, like the trouble clef, you can use guitar tabs. Um, and I think it's, they really did the research to make it as metal as possible, which I greatly appreciate. Um, and they did a really good job of implementing the mechanic. Uh, I mean, it's got the same kind of vibes as Orcarina where, um, but instead, as you said, instead of it being like connecting with people or changing the environment, this is like, like, this is power and whatnot, which I think is awesome. But I kind of have to go with Rock Band just because what Guitar Hero started, it was able to spring off of its shoulders and like land on the top of the mountain. Um, the, like I went to a Halloween party in 2021 um, and it's it still is a uh, fixture at celebrations i mean of course everyone's had to you know stay home and whatnot so like maybe it's just like we're kind of regressing back you know a decade because we're like i don't know what to do you know but like uh 
going to that party, you know, of course, everyone being safe and whatnot and taking care of themselves, making sure they're not coming, affecting everyone, because that'd be terrible. But the fact that everyone could bond with that still um, really says something. And like, I have friends that try to hoard their plastic instruments because they're so hard to get a hold of now. Um, yeah, which is it's kind of funny that you have to like pass them by and your and your wife says like you shouldn't get any. It's like, but you could be sitting on a gold mine though, depending on if people can actually use those. Um, but they didn't just last some... long. They they wore down. Mm, yeah, the whammy yeah. bars specifically weren't great. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, one of my uh, friends has a uh, guitar where the whammy bar is definitely not there, and mm -hmm. some of the buttons are. Um, you could press them and it doesn't register. So yeah. there is part of that. Um, my vote is going to be the band from rock band. Yeah. Um, much to what you just spoke about, um, rock band. So don't get me wrong. Guitar hero was enjoyable. And I remember watching my wife play guitar hero at my in-laws cause her brother had it and she thought it looked mm -hmm. cool. So she tried it. Um, but rock band took it to a whole next level. Um, in terms of what it did and it be it became that party game which everybody could participate in because you could have somebody in every position and it didn't matter you'd switch up and you'd have terrible singers pop up but it was all fun um yeah. and i have so many strong memories of having but prior to kids when you were allowed to have friends um when you have kids your your friends go away because they have kids and then you don't have your freedom till they the oldest turns 13 and can look after their kids again because mm -hmm. babysitters are so goddamn expensive. Um, but yeah, um, I, I just remember um, like having my friends together and playing rock band and downloading. God, I must have like 100 rock band songs somewhere that just are in the PlayStation ether that I could download at any point. Um, and yeah, no, it's, it's the band a hundred percent. I'm a, I'm a little bit more biased towards brutal legend because unfortunately my upbringing was such that, uh, the band from rock band was not really something that crossed my paths a whole lot. Uh, I did have friends in high school and college. I wasn't bereft of them, but, uh, <laughs> Rock Band was not really something that we ever really played all that much. It tended to be a little bit more Guitar Hero during the social functions that I attended. So I have to give the nod to Brutal Legend, but ultimately majority wins here, and I have to actually give the win to Rock Band. I do want to say, as I, I love Tim Schafer. I love Tim Schafer games. Uh, Brutal Legend, because of its weird mashup, never really connected with me the same way like something like Grim Fandango or Full Throttle or even Psychonauts 2 did. Um, he tells a good story, and that's where his love affair with Jack Black appear started too because Jack Black's been in pretty much every game since then because mm -hmm. uh, um, he was in Broken Age and he was in Psychonauts and at least his main ones. So um, I, I think uh, Brutal Legend's a really cool game. It's just the band, for, uh, like Rock Band is something else. It became, it surpassed like Guitar Hero in a lot of ways. And that's probably a conversation that will be coming up soon. Yes, yeah. indeed. It will be because uh, now, thanks to all of our winners having moved on, uh, the semifinal matchups look like this. 
in the left side of the competition, we have the electric guitar from The Artful Escape versus the guitar from Guitar Hero. Uh, and in the right side of the competition, we have the ocarina from The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time slash Majora's Mask uh, versus the band from Rock Band. Whew. Another tough, very mismatched um why, why am I completely blanking on the word that I was reaching for there? Matchup? Matchup. <laughs> yeah. There we go. It's matchup. Matchup. I'll try not to forget that anymore. Matchup. Um, anyone have any hot takes right off the bat? I have a feeling that this is going to be skewed a little bit in favor of one game uh, that more of you in this room might have played, but I want to hear what you have to say all the same. Sure. Uh, well, let's see. Um... So we're, I guess we're starting off with uh, the Artful Escape versus Guitar Hero right now? Yes, yeah. we are. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, hmm. This is tough because on one hand, I have to applaud the Artful Escape for having, um, I guess, not necessarily uh, or the drive, I guess. Let's go with the drive. The drive to actually like have the player outperform the other person or the compute, like the enemies and the bosses um and i like the aesthetic that it gives it's you know um as you said it's kind of a walking simulator and i've seen uh playthroughs of it and um like it's it's an amazingly crafted world and like there's not just the eye candy of like that you can kind of see on the edges like everything looks amazing in that game um but then on the other hand you have the social juggernaut that is guitar hero where the uh the aesthetics of it never really change nor do they ever um like not to, not only do they not change in between games in the franchise but like you can change the how the fretboard looks so you can change the guitars how they look and like your character's appearance but like you never really see them unless like you're like no i've got this next uh, chart memorized i'm gonna go ahead and like look at everybody else um it's hard to kind of appreciate that but it is the guitar from Guitar Hero. Um, so I'm probably going to lean towards that. Um, but I do want to give a shout out to the Artful Escape for trying something. Um, maybe not necessarily different, but really trying to make it uh, beyond just a Simon Says uh, simulator, I guess. Um, that is a tough thing to say fast. Um, and... Yeah, I appreciate that they went above and beyond on that, and I do want to check out that game. Um, so that's probably going to be, uh, I think I've got uh, Tunic, and because uh, I played a little bit of it, but I think I'm actually going to buy it uh, and get the soundtrack for it. And um, this game now, and hopefully there's a soundtrack because I love collecting those. But I got to give it to the guitar from Guitar Hero. Uh, I uh, we We've been completely on... Uh... <laughs> uh online here uh copacetic i don't know i i'm making words up now um <laughs> maybe not making words up but making their definitions up at least <laughs> um, I, I totally get you uh we're on the same wavelength there we go uh yeah, yeah no they, 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 see words words work um no i'm 100 uh very similar to you i think the guitar is the way to go here um i think it's iconic mm-hmm. um yeah, no. Uh, 
I, I can't put it more eloquently than you already did. Oh, thank you. Once again, I think that I'm the odd man out on this. Obviously, complete and total respect to everything that the Guitar Hero guitar brought into this world. Mm-hmm. I was just really kind of taken by how it kind of utterly uh, unique of an experience the Artful uh, Escape was. Not to say that everything about it was, you know, unlike anything that you've experienced before. You've probably played a platformer in your time. You've probably played a game in which you're jumping around. But the way in which that game, like allowed for such a kind of surprisingly degree of self-expression as he explored its bizarre environments was really cool and unusual. Uh, and I got to tip my hat to that, but mm-hmm. once again, I got to give the win to the guitar from guitar hero. That was good. I think on the next one, I should not go first just because I, I, I am actually still a little conflicted right now. Um, Ooh, believe it or I'll not go first. Cool. Please do. Um, for me personally, it's the band from Rock Band. Mm-hmm. Um, once the, this is a problem when we get to the, like the second rounds and third rounds. We've already talked a lot of our like talking points about it, but mm-hmm. it's that social experience. We just talked about how much um, like getting people together and what that meant to me. And well, the Orc Arena is a cool little mechanic. It does mm-hmm. not have that same impact that um like rock band did um and i'm talking to somebody who played like zelda 64 when or or karina god i still remember calling it zelda 64 because that's what nintendo power called it back in the day prior to its launch um everything had a 64 at the end of it it was that (laughs) days um but yeah i i think it's the band from rock band it's fully realized it's guitar hero to the next level because of what it did and what it introduced um the soundtrack is like crazy like crazy good um the the orc arena is a nice mechanic but it does not hold a candle to what rock band was i guess i got a stump for ocarina of time then you know, as I already talked about, there are so many kind of moments in that game that are uh, enhanced by their musicality, enhanced by kind of you playing the ocarina and kind of living in that moment and sort of fully taking in uh, the emotions uh, that the music kind of contributes to. I was, you know, thinking about it over the course of the past few minutes. There are a few other games that I can think of that require you to perform like a song or like some sort of spell in order to kind of teleport from location to location. Ocarina of Time is one of the few games that comes to mind. And like, here's the thing in the current modern era in which we're living in, you ask me, Hey, should I uh, make this game in which you have to play a song to teleport to location? I say no, but I still think that it totally works within the confined experience. that is Ocarina of Time because Every single it's like you're sort of invoking the kind of like memories, invoking the kind of culture and kind of heritage of the locations that you want to travel to by kind of playing a piece of their culture, by playing the Sonata of the Forest or whatever those songs were named. If anybody here knows any of those songs off the top of their heads, by all means, feel free to blurt them out. But I I really kind of got to give Ocarina of Time credit for managing to do that. Yeah, I can absolutely agree with that. Uh, this is a tough one. Um, yeah, I mean, you bring up uh, an amazing part about the Ocarina of Time because um, 
and that seemed to also kind of be a mainstay. I wouldn't necessarily say it was the only Zelda game to ever do that, and then it was like every Zelda game afterwards, but it did seem they really leaned into the music of Zelda afterwards, which I mm-hmm. think they probably realized after, um, you know, of course, the original and the NES, but I think once after they got linked to the past, it was like, yeah, we've got something here in terms of music, and like that same music would continue on throughout the series. I know I'm talking more about the franchise, but I'll circle back. Um, there is something magical about uh, using an instrument, or as you said, in taking a bit or attributing a bit of the culture that Link uh, would travel through or adventure or maybe like part of a kingdom he would save um, and using that as part of his arsenal of music that he would use to help save the world and save Princess Zelda. Um, there's also something uh, really cool about the way that it, sh- how it shows music can connect people. Um, I can't remember Link's friend um, that I, I think it's Saria. Yeah, I yes. think it's Saria's song. Um, how like, she's like, you know, please play this song to remember me. And of course it has a more, you know, uh, deeper meaning within the lore of the game. But it is interesting that that's the way that she wants you to remember her. And of course, again, it's the mechanic. But when I first was playing it, I was like, this is really cool. And this is still at a time when music was not as important to me as it was now. This kind of helped build that foundation. Um, So Arcarina does an amazing job. The problem with this list is that, um, and this isn't anything to y'all, this is more of just something I'm realizing as we keep saying some of the same words over and over, is that we have, to me, for me, the definitive experience of music uh, with games, or like it is the, there may be better things now or more modern takes on it. I think Spiritfarer does a great job with it from what I've seen. Um, it's still a game I need to track down and play. Um, and then you have Journey where there's not an instrument, but the music is very much involved, uh, uh, adjusted and uh, really plays into what you're feeling at the time. Um, but it is that single player experience versus a social experience. And the social, for me, creates a lot of stronger memories. Um, and the fact that it's still as timeless. Like you wouldn't think, it's strange to think that uh, plastic instruments would be as timeless as they are. And of course, you know, there's, you know, probably, you know, newer generations of people playing games where that's like, why were people playing uh, this? Couldn't they have just used a controller? But there's something special about having that plastic instrument and actually like moving your fingers and strumming that something like Rock Band obviously has a step up on um mm-hmm. it is i'll get to it a little bit later because i feel like it's probably gonna i mean my vote is for the band from rock band but mm. um in my personal opinion i think if we were doing if this list was as a single player experience or rather um did not include games that had a plastic controller i think ocarina of time for me would be at the top but unfortunately it's combating uh, the kings of uh, rhythm games, at least in America and probably Canada. I know that there are other rhythm games overseas 
that are probably infinitely more popular and Tyco definitely master. Yeah. And yeah. I know that there's, um, there's some other ones that involve like sliding, like sliding the controllers and as well as like getting button presses, right. I'm not familiar with their names, but I had a coworker, um, that would show me those. Cause he was very interested in built his own cabinets. Um, but I guess like the modern masters of like, conventional like you can have this in your home you don't have to buy a special five hundred dollar cabinet to play this one game um so my my yeah. thing is going to be the band from rock band all uh, right much to the chagrin of uh cozy i'm sure yeah it's all right you you argue your point uh very fairly and effectively and for that reason, the band from Rock Band is going to move on it, to give a little bit of like context. You know, as I was mm -hmm. making this list, I was thinking about uh, things like um, Taiko Drum Master or even yeah. kind of more weirder stuff like the Maracas from Samba de Amigo, the Sega game. Ultimately, I yeah. went with the list that I wanted to make because I wanted to make something that wasn't super big and super long and would take up yeah. too much time. And also... Mm -hmm would be predominantly games that we would have played with the exception of something like uh, the artful escape, which came out more recently looking at this list. I was like, yeah, I feel like the majority of these titles are games that we'll all at least be able to speak something to two or three of us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think this is a great list. It's just one of those things that like, as I kept uh, hearing Nathan say social, I was like, Oh no, I just realized where, where my biases lie. <laughs> all right. And we have arrived at the finals for this list. Uh, it's the guitar from Guitar Hero versus the band from Rock Band or the band from Blank, as it currently appears on Challenge.com for whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> can, can I start this one? Sure. Number one, I just want to say these are the final two that should be here. Um, not just because it's went every single way my way the entire time. Um, but I think this, the, this is the fitting final two when we're talking this, because really like you talk Sega versus Nintendo, you talk Pepsi versus Coke. Well, now we're talking guitar hero versus rock band, which has been a conversation that's happened many times. Um, so I, I think this fitting that these are the final two, um, uh, that being said, I'm going to throw my um, flag and I'm going to plant it. The band from Rock Band is a more complete, uh, more complete um, product. And it gets my vote. Just we, we've I've talked about how Rock Band transcended Guitar Hero. And I think it did. I completely agree. It is. Guitar Hero set a foundation that the band then put a skyscraper on. Um, yeah. And there hasn't been anything like it since. It is the, like, as I started playing it, uh, especially with more in more social settings, um, rather than just like playing around the drums in my room or just on the guitar in my room, um, it is, it is essentially video karaoke that. Mm -hmm does take a little bit of musicianship to do because yes you can set it to no fail and people can just play around like um i think even like at a family gathering i think i had some little cousins that you know bless their heart they tried but they're not exactly like you know um uh you know prodigies of music but i could set it to no fail they could still be a part of the like be a part of it and feel like they're contributing but 
you know, you know, you can still play the game, which I think is amazing. And again, going back to karaoke, and I think Nathan, you had mentioned this as well. You don't have to have the best singer. You can put them on a no fail or easy and they can get about to the right pitch, you know? Um, definitely at that, uh, cell, that party that I went to, like they're definitely worth this. I have a friend that is a very great vocalist. Um, and then, uh, some of the other people that were there, not so much, um, you know, but they put their heart into it and they all had a blast and there's something to be said for that. And the, the guitar from guitar hero, I think is amazing for what it started. And I think it can't be stated enough that, um, it helped shape pop culture around that time. And I feel like a lot of people got into playing guitar or wanted to, or were inspired to maybe start playing guitar yep. by it. But I feel like rock band for me, what is probably the best. And I think there's two things that really put it uh, above guitar hero for me. The first is the drum set, because yeah. even though it's a four thing, uh, four pads and a kick, the Rock Band 2 drum set, if you got the pro version, can be used as a MIDI drum set, which I think is amazing. Um, you can even get cymbals for it. I have a friend that actually has um, a setup like that, and it works pretty damn well. Um, but it actually does teach you coordination on the drums, because normally the way that people typically play drums is they'll have the right hand cross over. And this, of course, is dependent on, you know, are they right or left-handed but mm -hmm. you have your right hand crossed over for a hi-hat and then you'd have the left hand for snare well they can't really do that and make it accessible to everyone so they had your right hand be second from the leftmost pad and then the snare be the left and that actually was how i started getting like a beat and like being able to actually play drums a little bit um i'm not great by any means but it did start the foundation for that so that's reason one for me reason two is the support that harmonics gave it throughout the years. Yeah. I don't remember there being a time where the discography, the discography from the first, from the previous game could not be exported. And I think it even was by rock band four, you could have the entire discography license licensing bearing in mind. Yeah. Um, one, two, three, and all of the DLC that you purchase on your account and Lego rock band. You could yeah. be added green, like the green day thing could be added. The only mm -hmm. one that couldn't be added was the Beatles. I could see that from a licensing perspective, I guess. Yeah. But that, that's a shame, but I can see that. But yeah, yeah. it's the fact that like they built a framework that could was essentially future proofed. I mean, I think it was like a 1999 charge, which is a was a bit high at the time because this is still like I thought Xbox it was 999. Maybe it was 999. I, I think thought it was 999. It was what reasonable. Am I thinking of then? Yes, it was. Yeah, like it was whatever it was. You might go like that's a lot, but you have. But then you'd have to remember this is all of your DLC from the first game coming back into this. So you it's, it's seamless. You may have new instruments or maybe there's some techniques, but it's still playable and. Guitar Hero, I feel like they started to try to do that, but it it took them a bit to do that. And I just, yeah, I mean, there was something very cool about like never losing, like for me, like whenever I was playing Guitar Hero 1 to Guitar Hero 2, I would, I would find myself going back to one because I would miss some of the songs that were on there. Mm -hmm. um, but with Rock Band, I never had to worry about that. I would just have the disc and the, um, the DLC 
and I think it, I can't remember if it burned it directly to the hard drive or what it did yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just saved it to the hard drive. Like, you down, you downloaded a digital version of it. Gotcha. Essentially. Okay. Um, because you got the licensing, then it would download a digital version of it. That would just be on your system at that point. Got it. Okay, so that's what it was doing. So, they just, I mean, they future-proofed it in a way that I kind of wish other games could follow suit. Now, granted, I know that's not really possible, but, like, part of me is just like, Man, wouldn't it be cool if all of the things that I got in, like, let's say, for instance, to go back to the top, the things I got in Destiny 2 carried over into Destiny 3 or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but just on a pure musical standpoint, those are the two big things that put it way over the top of uh, Guitar Hero for me. Um, I, I full respect for what it did. It let me meet uh, some amazing people, but Rock Band then did it better, and then I got to meet more amazing people as a result, so... It's got a. It's got a. That's that's it for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I feel like the uh, results are clear. Uh, Rock Band uh, is the official winner of the tourney. Congratulations to Rock Band uh, on the official tournament bracket. It finally completed to the band from Rock Band, uh, probably because it was so elated and overjoyed that it won. Um, I do <laughs> want to ask uh, you guys. Somebody should about let harmonics know. Yeah, maybe we'll tweet at them. Um, you guys have talked uh, throughout this podcast about how, you know, th these games are the kind of once and future kings of uh, the music uh, world when it comes to gaming and how, mm -hmm. you know, it's a little unfortunate that uh, nowadays uh, you kind of have to pay through the nose if you want to get all the peripherals together and have a good time if you don't already have them. Uh, have either of you checked out the last game that was released in the Rock Band series, Rock Band VR. Was that the last one? When did Rock Band 4 come out? Rock Band 4 released in 2015. I, I just checked okay. ahead of time. Rock Band VR, 2017. Okay. So Rock Band VR, I never got a chance to check out because it was an Oculus exclusive um when it came out so um i have psvr um and i think early on the show i didn't even know this existed we talked about this very early on uh one of our first podcasts um but i was like i'd love to see because i think we were talking about what we'd like to see in vr and i was like i'd love to see rock band in vr like i'd like to see a version of that and somebody's like it does exist and i was like what because i think that's the next evolution to it like you go in vr you play with your friends in vr like you, you have four people i don't think it will work as well if it's locked to a specific platform i think that will be its troubling point um which now that who owns oculus owns harmonics right or does epic somebody bought harmonics yeah i I definitely remember hearing this news. I want to say it's epic. epic. Uh, we all furiously Google on our devices, try and figure yes. out where the winner <laughs> of our tournament is currently at. Epic Games. It's it's Epic, epic. Games. There we okay. go. Epic Games. Yeah. So, um, so they have no horse in the race for VR. So it could go anywhere theoretically, mm -hmm. um, uh, which is good. But I don't think this worked out super well um it was in the very early days of vr uh being available like when did the psvr become available as a set it would have been like 2016 the, yeah the year prior yeah so 2016 um so it was still very much in the infancy of vr and i don't think rock band vr reviewed specifically well but then being locked to the oculus the most expensive platform 
didn't help either. Yeah. Because there was no Oculus Go. What, was the was the Oculus at at this time when Rock Band VR was coming out? Was that before they locked it to like you had? Because isn't Oculus the one that you have to have a Facebook account or something like that? Because Oculus is now owned by Facebook. So I don't think it was owned by Facebook at that point, and I don't think okay. they locked that yet. That happened a few years later. Got it. Um, uh, definitely happened a few years later, but. I know that did come down the line. I just remember the Oculus, because it wasn't, it was the Rift. I think I kept saying Oculus Quest. It's the Oculus Rift, the one of the more expensive units mm -hmm. at the time, and you still had to have a good PC. It wasn't like the Quest is now. Right, So yeah. when it launched. So I think it just kind of came out and was a whiff just because, like, really, the price of entry to get into it was super expensive. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it's one of those things now where like, I mean, if if I'm not wrong, like you can put your phone basically like in a headset or on your face and like still have like a VR experience. So I think if they could have a second go at it, um, I'd be very interested to see uh, one of the big things for me that is a turnoff for it is the fact that I can't see the fretboard like I know it's only five buttons, but there is a comfort for me when I can look down at the fretboard and be like, okay, my fingers are here. Um, so that is something that I'm like, it might be cool. Like if they have, like, if you look down, um, like, uh, just in your peripherals, you can kind of like look and like, maybe it has a, a view or something like that. Or even if you just like put, put the instruments a bit in front of you and then look down so you can see, um, that probably is not the easiest feature to implement. And I'm sure it wouldn't look great, but that for me that would help sell it but there's likely a way to do that like um a lot of the vr headsets now have outside inside out tracking mm -hmm. which has lots of cameras around the headset okay. so like the oculus quest um has multiple cameras and like the like if you go outside your zone which you set up you all of a sudden mm -hmm. just see what's what's outside of you and the psvr2 oh. is going to use that same tracking Okay. With okay. multiple cameras. So theoretically, the headset could pick up the guitar or instrument that you're using and actually be able to see it. That and would make me a lot more feedback. interested. Yeah, that so, would make me a lot more interested. So Definitely. It, it's theoretically possible. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think it's going to happen. Like rock, I think mm -hmm. rock, rock Band 4 whiffed because that was on the existing, gen, like the new generation. We kind of had passed the... like. We, the market had been oversaturated with plastic instruments. Like you walk into an EB and they had hundreds of like big boxes for band hero. They had these rock band three boxes. Like they, it was just oversaturated. And then everybody started trading, like turning their instruments in. Yeah. Um, uh, and then rock band four came out and it was just like a little too late. And guitar hero, I think it was, you talked about six. It was warriors of rock, I believe. Yeah, came out around the same time and neither of them could recapture the magic that they had. Um, and then you, you put Rock Band out and uh, like VR and like I said, there's just the reach of people being able to play. It was so limited because of the hardware that it was limited to at the time. Yeah. Um, and then what was the game that Harmonix did after that? Um, I'm trying to remember what it was called. Fuser. Yes, which we yes. talked about on the podcast last year. Yeah, Fuser came, um, and I know people liked Fuser, but then it kind of went away too. So yeah, it was yeah. like 
people really loved it, but it was kind of a flash in the pan. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So Fuser. Yeah, I'm just trying to look. Yeah, it was the Oculus Rift that Rock Band was on last. Um, oh, and there was a one called Rock Band Rivals too. Hmm. Oh, maybe that was an expansion for good for Rock Band Four. I don't know. Um, regardless, um, I don't know what's next for harmonics because i'm looking at their wikipedia page and their last game to come out was 2020 with fuser and i don't think they've announced anything since there's only two things i know i guess I, it's hard to even say no um one thing that uh when you were talking about current gen kind of reminded me i could have sworn that like xbox i think it was xbox made a big deal about the current gen xbox like being backwards compatible with a lot of those instruments or something like that. And I think a lot of people assumed or like were hoping like, oh, we might get Guitar Hero and Rock Band back or something like that. Um, but that is, I, I don't have a tweet or anything that I can like yeah. point to, but I, I feel like that was the case. The other thing too, is that I feel like a lot of music games, especially are trading in the plastic instruments for like, you know, actually learning a real instrument. So you have yeah. things like Rocksmith, Rocksmith. now, which I think is incredible. My only issue, or one of my biggest issues besides uh, the latency issue is that Ubisoft has, or Ubisoft has it very locked down. So like you can only use their adapter. You can't use like an audio interface that probably has better latency or anything like that. Mm. But it's a great teaching tool. And I think if you're playing it, probably not on a PC, it probably works a bit better just because you, the latency you can adjust with your TV rather than a PC, you have to be like, okay, well, is it my interface? Is it the interface that they've provided? Is it my computer screen that's causing this? Or where's the where's the desync of this? But I think a lot of it is more kind of gearing people towards actually picking up a real instrument. Um, and I think there's a new Rocksmith actually coming out or like an update to it or something like that. Um, I could have sworn that was the case. I know they did Rocksmith 2014, but I feel like there was something in the works. But... Um, that was another game, it, by the way, that I considered for today's topic of the mm -hmm. show that I decided to leave out, not because of any disrespect towards what it did, but just because we had a lot of, you know, other peripheral games on the list and it felt a little bit crowded. Yeah. The other thing, too, is Rocksmith, it didn't require like a game controller. It was very much like, you ha I mean, you could go through the menus with the game controller, but you were very much playing like a real guitar. It was essentially turning your signal into a MIDI signal um as i understand it but i could be wrong on that um okay yeah that's right i almost forgot rocksmith was its own thing before this updated thing that's coming out the rocksmith mm -hmm. plus that's it which rocksmith is plus yeah because they've got that that's in beta i believe right now they delayed it a little bit further and that one's like an like works online to mm -hmm. actually teach it to you so and you can use it i think you can use your phone with it yeah I, I feel like I remember something, something about mobile and I was like, oh, okay, well, that's going to be, it's going to be interesting, um, especially with like tuning and whatnot, um, tuning stability for people that get like lower uh, end instruments, but that's a whole other rant uh, or like Ted talk essentially. But um, I do kind of miss those plastic instrument days. There was just something special about it. And the fact that it was, on one hand, it was a bit expensive because of the controllers, but once you had them, it was like, it was basically karaoke plus and, yep. um, 
uh, I had a, another thought that I was going to tie into it, but it just just gone uh, into the ether. But I think a lot of it now is uh, the times that we're in, um, the fact that you know online is starting to get a bit better yeah. um, in terms of like people being able to play against or with each other, and then the supply chain. Like I don't know who could supply that amount of plastic cheaply in mass. Like if if Xbox was to announce tomorrow that hey Rock Band Five or whatever the next one is uh, is exclusive for our system, like that's a lot of pre-orders and that is a lot of people that probably won't get it on time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I. It's one of those things where I I just don't know what the future looks like and really. Um, we need to see what Harmonix is working on next because that's really just been their bread and brother, bread and butter music games in general. So I'm curious mm-hmm. to see um, after Fuser because, like I said, Fuser just kind of came and went. Uh, people really liked it who who were playing it, but it just kind of came, it happened, and then disappeared. Um, yeah. It's been two years since it came out. Uh, if it was 2020, I don't know the exact release date, but two years close enough. <laughs> it's like so. I'm curious to see what the hints of their next project will be. So. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Thank you to everybody for tuning in to Press YZ. Uh, if you enjoyed this broadcast, be sure to follow us on Twitch, subscribe to us on YouTube, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can also check it us on, check us out on Twitter at PressYZ and slide into our Discord at invite.gg slash PressYZ to keep the conversation going. Uh, Thomas, if people tuned in late, and they're still mm-hmm. sticking around to hear what it is that you have to say uh, about who you are and why they should follow you over on Bandcamp. What would you have to say right here and now? Oh, man, I don't know if you should. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I guess it's like, I guess to kind of sell myself. Uh, uh, my name is Thomas. I do uh, hard rock and metal as well as, you know, some more lighter stuff. Um I do original music and I am working on re-releasing properly this time a video game cover album that will be called Bits and Waves Volume 1 HD. Um, It is basically a collection of songs. Most of them are special songs from my childhood that I reimagined. And some of it, they range from uh, Muda Kingdom from Super Mario Land on the Game Boy all the way to Rainbow Road on Mario Kart 7 and 8. Um, and also taking inspiration for 64. So that is what I do. I also do uh, theme songs for podcasts such as this one. And um, you can find me on rockywits.bandcamp.com. That's R-O-C-K-Y-O-W-I-T-Z. Or you can find me on Spotify by my full name, Thomas Rakowitz. And uh, yeah, you can check me out there. And I hope to have some new stuff for y'all coming uh, sometime this year. So I hope you'll look forward to it. Awesome. As usual, right. uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Alex Kazina and Nathan on Twitter at the NMAC. Until next time, thank you for playing.